Welcome to the Positive Education Podcast with Ash Manuel. As we know, the number one hot topic in the world is mental well-being. Ash has worked with close to 1,000 organisations impacting more than a quarter of a million people, including schools, sports teams and businesses across 45 countries. Today, Ash is regarded as a global thought leader in positive education. In this podcast, you'll hear stories, information and actionable ideas from positive education and well-being experts. The purpose of the podcast is so that you take away ideas that you can execute in your classroom, across your school, at your sports club and in your organisation, plus tips and tricks that you can apply in your own life. Hi everyone and welcome to the Positive Education Podcast. My name is Ash Manuel and today I'm really excited to be talking to Casey Grice. Casey is the Executive General Manager, Community and Foundation at the Adelaide Football Club. So the Adelaide Crows in the AFL. Now, I'm really keen to talk to Casey about how such a big organisation, one of the biggest organisations in South Australia, what what they do to do good in the community. Because I feel that when it's an organisation that has such a big reach and a big following, it's such a great platform to do good. Now, particularly around the space of, of well-being, um, mental well-being in the community with our young people, and whether it's in primary schools or uh, high schools, sporting clubs. And I know the Crows have had a really big focus on this for quite a long time. Back in 2014, when Growing With Gratitude first started, I was fortunate enough to uh, meet with the club and we spoke about doing a partnership. And so what happened was at the start of 2015, uh, Growing with Gratitude and the LA Crows partnered up to take um, Growing with Gratitude out to schools as part of their community engagement. So for quite a long time, they've had a, a really big focus. So as we're about to roll out our new program, just at the start of, well, pretty much just at the start of COVID, then COVID hit. So that put a stop to that. And uh, if you didn't know that when the COVID hit, every AFL team, including the LA Crows, their community teams got made redundant. So once off the, or off the back of COVID, things got restructured and Casey has come onto the team the last couple of years and he's doing a fantastic job, really passionate, some great experience. And you'll hear a bit more about his background uh, during our, our chat. And they have got a new focus, uh, a new vision. And I'll let Casey explain what that is. And we'll talk about that through the, uh, through our uh, conversation. But, the main purpose of having Casey on is to share, I guess, what's such a powerful platform, a big platform, and the influence they can have in the community. Because at the end of the day, like if you've got a role model, say, for example, I know Eddie Betts doesn't play uh, AFL anymore, and he, after the Crows, went back to Carlton, for those who follow AFL. But Eddie Betts is a fantastic role model. Um, he's actually just had a, a show um, put on Netflix. He, he wrote a couple of books, um, Eddie's Little Homies, which is about um, kindness and inclusion and it actually got made into a Netflix series which is really cool so you got role models like that who can have such a powerful uh, presence among young people so our teachers um, myself we can go out to talk about different skills around gratitude or, or well-being but when a high profile sporting person for example goes out and talks about it a role model it just gives it a little bit extra weight and that's certainly what 
I found and seen um, in action through the time that we worked at the Crow, did uh, different um, programs at the Crows um, from 2015 to about 2020. So let's get into it. And we will start off by um, welcoming Casey. Casey, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Ash. Uh, pleasure, mate. It's um, something about, I've been wanting to do for a while to talk to yourself as the uh, Executive General Manager of Community and Foundation at the Adelaide Crows Footy Club. And just on the foundation, I know that the the foundation and the club have a, a strong um, passion for doing good in the community. And the vision that the foundation does have is a strong community connection, building a better future for children and youth in South Australia. So, and then on the build on that, and there's the, the purpose. So using the power of sport to engage, enrich and empower the children and youth of South Australia to reach their full potential. So that's the purpose. That's sort of the vision. So what programs and initiatives do you have in place to, I guess, help achieve that purpose? And, or if you want to talk to that vision or yeah, go wherever that you want with that man. Yeah. Thanks Ash. That That's correct. So we, we, I've been in the seat about 18 months now. It's a new role and um, off the back of Tim Silvers, our chief executive and, and John Olsen, our president, that they have a strong ambition to be a strong community club to give back as a big brand. And even our, um, we've got a community strategy, which you touched on there, but our, our earn the pride strategy, which we launched recently, that, that has a purpose led pillar. And that's all about how we give back and utilize our um, sort of sphere of influence to achieve meaningful, quantifiable outcomes on the ground for our community stakeholders. And we're a strong South Australian brand. So we, we focus our services and programs in and around the state of South Australia. Um, the charity arm of the club's really important to this. We have the Adelaide Crows Foundation. It's about 18 years, I believe, it was established ago. And um, it used to raise money, give it to local charities, community groups to deliver their core business. Mm. In recent years, we've actually built services from the ground up or, or developed partnerships with other organisations that are, are doing meaningful work aligned to our mission. And yeah, we're lucky to have a core range of services that we roll out. Um, that strategy you mentioned, there's, there's three key pillars around our service provision. One is health, wellbeing and resilience. We look at uh, the other one is education, performance and engagement. And the third one is around First Nations inclusion and empowerment. Now, within those those pillars, we have a series of services and, and probably stepping back before we launch anything, we look at some really core things. Are we able to scale dramatically? Can we ensure that our programs and services are accessible to everyone, no matter where they're based? Um, ensuring that they're viable and sustainable long-term. And most importantly, are they impacting the community in a meaningful way? Are they tackling those core social issues that children and youth face in and around the state of South Australia? So we have a very place-based focus. Most of the things that we look to tackle and support, they exist in other states, but we look at what are the localised issues and how do we craft a service that's going to support that and ultimately establish the right partners behind it. Um, so under resilience, we, we recently dived into it. We launched the Open Parachute Program last year. It's a program that was started in the US. It looks to build resilience in the classroom. So it's teaching children and youth skills that will allow them to overcome mental health issues and concerns later on in life. So we, we, look at, we looked at a lot of the programs. There's a lot of um, awareness raising initiatives out there, but similar to what you do, Ash, the ability to to build resilient young people 
I think is a really strong opportunity to mm. address, unfortunately, the growing mental health pandemic that we face in around South Australia, but also broader nationally. We've got, we know that sort of one in seven children are having a tough time currently. We think if we can empower these children with the right tools, learning materials, but also influence their educators, their parents to support the child, we know that um, we're going to give them kind of that mental armour that they need to, to overcome challenges because we'll all face them. It's mm. how we respond to those. And um, our players get very involved in this initiative. Something that's new is our players will go into a school and deliver a Crows resilience talk. So they'll talk about their lived experience with resilience. They'll talk about an issue they've faced, how that made them feel, the tools that they put in place, and then you know the learning experience, and then how would they attack that process differently differently moving forward. So it really breaks it down, um, makes them accessible and, and gives this child a, you know, advice from a player role model. It gets a lot of cut through. So that's mm -hmm. our open parachute program. I mean, it's, it's incredible. We'll probably dive into it later, but there's 18,000 students using it day in, day out at the moment. And it touches on that scalable impact I, I talked to earlier. Um, STEM footy has been a program that we've had it was our bent it's been our benchmark initiative for a number of years um what it does it teaches science and mathematics through football mm. so it's not a sporting program it it aligns to the australian curriculum a child that completes our stem footy program it, it counts for 50 percent of their science and maths requirements for the year but we teach it in a fun engaging way through sport because we know that so many young australians they love Australian rules football, we translate that love into an appreciation and understanding for science and maths, which they're going to need to get through year 12 and go on to higher education or job opportunities. So that's been really incredible. We've got an in-house PhD researching that. Um, Katie Bell, she's done a fantastic job. And, and excitingly, you know, we see three to 5,000 children a year through that program, currently looking to build out year nine and year 11 curriculum um, with an aim to sort of start to measure career impact. We want to drive students into career opportunities, particularly around STEM. Mm. Uh, and that's the, that's sort of the focus around that initiative. Um, our First Nation programs, this is a, a new pillar off the back of that strategy and we've got Crows on Country. So we take that STEM um, curriculum that Katie's built and we provide and we deliver it through a cultural lens. So currently we've got a partner with partnership with Voyagers um, and looking at the United an Anu um, Community Foundation, we're kind of looking at bilingual resources so we can deliver it in the APY lands mm. or far west coast. And the, the goal there is to one, increase attendance in school, but secondly, give those teachers working in rural remote settings a bit of a toolkit so they can teach in a fun engaging way. And we know that the Aboriginal population in and around South Australia, they love football. So, so using the game to engage, but teaching the curriculum while we do it. And the last one is Kua Circles, and that's an employment program. And that program provides like a culturally safe place for unemployed Indigenous youth to come into our home here at, at Westlakes. We'll provide them with a, a four-week intensive employment and development program. We bring in a lot of cultural experts, a lot of set, different STEM organisations, and the theme of it is you can't be what you can't see. So we try to empower these these young people to see that there are great work opportunities out there, mm. and we open their eyes to what they are. But the program's more than anything; it's about personal growth and development. We want to build confidence. We want to because attacking your, the job it requires a level of you know it's an attitude thing and a behavioural focus. So we we want to ensure that they're confident 
and job ready. And that, that's been really successful, pleasingly, you know, 80% of the participants secure employment or education as a result of it. So that's sort of a bit of a summary of what we do. And then always, I'm, I'm very passionate about the players and um, their sphere of influence. And we know that they have a huge brand and a huge individual following, and they have so much capacity to do more and do great things and mm-hmm. give back in meaningful ways as, you know, as great Australian role models. So we work with the playing group to help them unlock that potential as well. Mm. Mate, you're a busy man. There's, <laughs> there's a lot happening there. Um, but honestly, like, I mean, we spoke about, you and I spoke about this before, but just the power that a, a big organisation, like, let's be honest, the LA Crows is probably the biggest organisation in South Australia with the biggest following. And using that to do good, that platform, is such an important thing and, and something that the club recognises and values very highly and just going back to what you were just touched on then about the players like it's i've, I've seen it in in action before where oh what a taylor walker or Roy sloan chelsea randall in the afl w team these are, uh, are players that young people in particular look up to and i've seen it where uh sort of for example taylor walker's talking about how he uses something like say gratitude in his life um, <laughs> And you and I could do it or, or teacher could do it and talk about it. We could say exactly the same thing, but who are they going to, the young people going to pay more probably attention to? <laughs> and it's probably going to be Taylor Walker because they look up to him more. They see him as this role model. Um, and I guess I think it's such a powerful thing for players, for the club. And you mentioned before, um, before we started recording, it's a, it's a two-way thing. Do you want to expand on that a little bit more, mate, just to talk about, I guess, separate the two you've got the club but also you've got the individual players yeah we're lucky so if we start with the club and the foundation arm <clears throat> we we have the ability to engage our players in every service that we run and that's great so we without the player role model we don't believe our services are as impactful as they could mm. be because the cut through you just mentioned it the cut through they get in a room talking to a young person the level of influence and I run into people all the time that still talk about the time that that, you know, that Crows player, that, that Ben Hart went through their primary school. And it, it's it's an incredible tool, an asset. And sometimes we take it for granted. And I think the athletes do as well because you, you just their, their ability to just go and spend time with a young person and give them positive advice is it has a huge impact on a young individual. Um, the other thing too is that they have the ability to advocate. They've got a very big audience. We see it in US sports. You know these these ambassadors, whether it be for climate or sustainability or you know anti-racism and other social issues, they can stand up and speak to the issues, and they get cut through across a very wide segment of the population. Now, we have players that do that. I mean, I can give you an example. We were, we were in Port Lincoln with our community camp last week. And I ran into Riley O'Brien, who's a great community ambassador, does a lot of work for our foundation. And he's in between school visits, you know, I see him driving out of the hotel. He's going to visit Bedford Disability Organisation. Club didn't organise it. You know, he'd gone and sought that opportunity out himself. So he's a he's a fantastic guy looking mm-hmm. to give back. And I could tell you endless stories. So he goes and spends a few hours with that organisation, supporting them and their clientele and um you know, that's purely passion-led. We're not driving that. Um, it's not a program that we run, but he's able to use his profile and, you know, he's got a strong focus for community development and giving back. 
Mm, absolutely, and that's that's great. Like self awareness by the individual there, like Rolly O'Brien, Brian taking it upon himself um, to go above and beyond. Because I'm sure that um, correct me if I'm wrong, but the players might have to do a certain amount themselves um, as a part of their agreement and contract. But a lot of them do do above and beyond that we actually probably don't realise. Is that fair to say? Oh yeah, they're they're big profiles, particularly here in Adelaide. We've got mm. a strong football state, so they are they are on all the time, and mm. they have yeah they do. They've got some engagement hours they need to deliver in community. The good thing is, you know, it's never a, a tough ask to get them to do that. They understand what our services are, the impact they have, and they're you know they're very much engaged in what we deliver and and. I see them more as almost um, facilitators of our programs. They know how to deliver it. They speak yeah. on for the cause that we're trying to support. Um, and yeah, they, they give back in very much broad and meaningful ways outside of their, you know, contracted hours and work time. So they're, they're truly impressive. The amount of calls and stuff they'll get for video messages and, you know, all those types of things, it, it's really a quite a significant um, role that the fo- modern day footballer plays. Absolutely, and, and sometimes we don't realise that from the outside that they we see this glamorous sort of side of things. They get a lot of attention playing good footy, but there's so much that goes into it, and, and that's why it's a full, full more than a full time role. Really, it's, a, it's their lifestyle. Uh, Mike, I just want to I'll just shift, or actually keep on that actual just I'll switch up slightly. I just, I've just got one more question that's just popped up. So with the whole club culture, where it seems that the players have bought into that vision that we just mentioned about the foundation. Where does that come from? Does that come from the CEO um, or the coaching staff where, okay, we're a club that um, we on the field, it's important results, but we want to do good off the field. Where, where does that actually come from? Well, there's a few areas. I mean, I think it needs to be organic to, to fully work. So I reckon if you ask anyone in the organisation, they'll, they'll tell you what we do on the ground in community. That's always important. But we've got a we've got a football team, a high-performance unit that are very engaged in this stuff. I think of um, one of the mantras of our football team is prioritise others. And mm. that's that's an on-field context, but it's so relevant to what we do off-field. Yeah, and we see, um, you know, it's like an internal value that our players live and swear by. Touching on values, um, care is one of the, the core values of the Adelaide Football Club, but we also look at connection as well. So this is values underpin every service we run. We look at mm. that before we launch anything. Um, and so it's, you know, if, you, if you're a values-driven organisation with strong leadership, you, you, it's going to be easy to adopt this stuff. Your biggest challenge is how do you leverage the opportunity for, in the best possible way. That's what we spend a lot of our time thinking about, not mm. necessarily trying to engage buy-in from our our leaders or our playing mm. group. And we're you know we're so lucky that the club and and having our AFLW program and these women are pioneering the sport and they've been so successful for a long time. But the impact they've had had on female participation, our charity, you know they they lead from the front, and we're very lucky. While they're part time, we're lucky to have several of the players in our workforce mm. out there facilitating the services I mentioned earlier. So, I think it's it's kind of at a point now where it's it's organic. It's always building, and we're always mm. aiming. We've got a strong aspiration to to achieve more outcomes and community impact. So that's that's on the growth. 
but the buy-in's really strong. And um, I think if you're a new player or a new staff joining the workforce, it's important that as part of that induction, you can straight away feel that we're committed to being a, you know, a very proud club, but that performs on the field, but also executes off it through the community impact in which we scale. Mm, that's brilliant, mate. It's a, it's a great culture to be around, I'm sure, as a, as a playing group, but also uh, the staff in the, in the background, well, not in the background, but maybe the people that we don't actually see coming to a place like that each day would be pretty amazing, I reckon, to, uh, to be a part of that. And I'm, I'm interested to know a bit more about how you came to be at the Crows. I know that you've had a, 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 a lot of uh, background in um, community programs, development, resilience programs across different parts of Australia. Um, I know you're an elite athlete yourself. Uh, how, how did you come to be at the Crows and a bit about your um, background the last well, 10, 10 or so years? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I've moved around a lot, that's for sure. But um, my life and my career and probably personal life's always revolved around sport and the impact of sport. And I've always been fascinated by, you know, what it does for an individual. So I grew up in a very remote part of WA, Kalgoorlie, Boulder, big mining town, but but remote, a good seven-hour drive from uh, Perth and spent my whole childhood there, um, family and mining and government. So that was always, you know, I was able to play a lot of sport, but your social connections, you know, all the skills that I use today in the workplace, that be leadership, communication, you know, that ability to build relationships, that, that all stems from sport. So um, I was lucky to um, have an Institute of Sports Scholarship, moved to Adelaide, played a, a bit of volleyball and beach volleyball. Um, did that for a while, but then started to think, where do I want to take my career? And I was, yeah, I was really intrigued by how, you know, the power of sport and how I could create greater access to the experience I'd had as a young person. So went into local government, first job, I went to a rural remote council again that had a lot of issues around participation. Um, so naturally sport becomes really, it goes to the top of the tree around trying to grow it and scale it up. So I was lucky in that there was a lot of resources invested in the new facilities, um, club development, those sorts of things. Um, so I got a pretty good learning experience there. I then went into the state government uh, in Western Australia, looking after the Goldfields region. So a very large part of WA, again, quite remote, has a broad range of different opportunities, but also challenges um, with that remote setting. So again, looking after infrastructure investment, programs and services that get the population moving, um, build social cohesion, challenge, you know, health outcomes and that sort of thing. So I, I started to build a really strong understanding of the power of sport and how you can leverage that. And then I uh, spent some time at SAMFL, uh, the state sporting body for Aussie rules here in South Australia, a very proud and um, long successful history. So it was, it was good to join that organization and, I looked after the community football operations across the state, so all of the affiliated leagues, again, ensuring those competitions were viable, sustainable, and then moved into more government relations and um, looking after some of the more the big infrastructure spend. So when I was there, the, the female football boom started to happen. So we had mm. to go and the infrastructure wasn't ready. We had to go and ensure that change rooms were and there was enough playing fields to support that growth. And pleasingly, that's evolved so quickly. Yeah. Um, but but from there, probably my big, best career experience, I went, I was with the New South Wales government in executive role, looking after the Western zone. So everything from the Blue Mountains out to Broken Hill, up to the Queensland border, 
there are a lot of different local government areas in that area, but every every LGA had a different issue. So it was, it was kind of trying to support the minister's office to invest government funds into areas of need. And again, that, that stemmed across infrastructure development, but more so really, I think, the, the programs and empowering community clubs and recreation bodies to engage our community in a positive way. And one of the big issues we, we looked to tackle during that time was childhood obesity because, mm. you know, there's so many, one in four children considered obese, um, not engaged in sport. There's a lot of reasons as to why that happens, but we knew that sport was a powerful vehicle to get kids moving and active and also bring their parents and family on, on the journey as well. So, yeah, learn a lot. And then when Tim rang me about the opportunity for the Crows, a new position to leverage our brand to do good, it probably, I, I was excited for it because, you know, you have probably less tape than you do in the government setting. And mm -hmm. I was like, geez, if we do this well, we can really move the dial. And um, yeah. I've enjoyed every second of the role since joining. Brilliant, mate. So you've had a lot of experience in, lot like, not only in sport yourself, playing at a high level, but also in different community aspects for different parts of Australia and different roles. What, what do you, what's been the biggest, what's the biggest barrier? Like whether that's um, local government, um, professional sport, What's some of those barriers that come up that can get in the way to, I guess, move a initiative forward? It's, yeah, look, there's a lot of, oh, I mean, it's a hard question. Like the sports and recreation system is complicated. There's a lot of different organisations um, sort of competing for the same funding. Same, mm. I can say the same about the charity sector. I think I, I was at a conference the other day. I think there's a, a charity for every 46 people in South Australia. So, wow. You think of, yeah. they're all, um, I wouldn't question their, um, you know, approach or commitment to doing mm. good. It's just, it's a very complicated sector. There's a lot of yeah. players, um, you know, so that that's always difficult, particularly with my government lens on, you know, how do you engage funds to deliver a scalable, viable, you know, community service? Mm. It's easier said than done at times. And um, we, we're in a, very much a growth strategy at the moment. It's it's that's probably our biggest challenge is how do we sustain long term partners so we can really attack the opportunity to grow our services. Um, so that that's probably the biggest challenge. And then you can solve that through collaboration. I think you know we've noticed in our charity the ability to have charitable partnerships or mission partners. Mm. You know we we share a mission with many other organisations. Take sport aside, we're here to develop young people, empower mm. them to reach their full potential. There's many organisations trying to do the same thing. How do we use our brand to help amplify what they do? And mm. you know, that that's probably collaboration without a doubt is the solution. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're getting some good runs on the board through that approach. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree as well because if you partner with the right organisation, so much good can happen and probably a lot quicker as well and a, a much broader impact. And I think... Um, it's, it's it's one of the interesting, interesting things because a lot of organisations, we want to do the same thing, but you'll either collaborate with competition sort of thing. So it, it can be it can be tricky. Is that what you found as well? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you, you're competing for the same kind of investment yeah. opportunity and, uh, you know, you I constantly talk about scaling services. That's our, our real ambition. Um, but you can't do that everywhere. You've also got to be mm. mindful that there's other organizations delivering great work and how can you either support 
and collaborate or also, you know, make the call to, that potentially that area might be taken care of and it's not yeah. your charitable remit to go in there. You're not going to leverage outcomes if you... So, yeah, we're very strategic in where we go, who we support, um, and that that's critical, I think, for any sporting organisation trying to do this. But also, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's looking at what do you want to... What's the complex issue you want to solve or tackle? And for us, I touched on our mental health program. It wasn't about raising awareness. There's plenty of organisations that do that beautifully. Yeah. And yeah. we're not... We're not a professional service, so I, we can't go in and deliver mental health first aid, nor would we. Mm. Um, but we can use our profile and take an accredited program and and help it kind of scale through South Australian schools, through our, our connection to, we have a lot of good connections with education, but the program itself, it's built by a clinical psychologist in Dr. Haley Watson and um, all of the support services and curriculum has been built by that professional outfit. So we kind of think where do we want to play and how do we want to play is really important before you jump in. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I guess with the um, talk about outcomes, but how do you measure like is, is a big focus on the club to measure these programs and success? And, and if so, how, how do you actually go about that? Because I reckon one of the trickier things to do particularly in this space is actually like measure that I think it can be really hard to do sometimes. So what are some of those key, I guess, indicators or I'm not sure if that's the right word, but key, um, oh, it's on the edge of my tongue. Tip of my tongue. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a, indicators. yeah, true. It's a cracking question. And it's, it's thankfully we, we invested in this early. Um, yeah. so, you know, we, what I'd say is it's not about counting the amount of like a head counting exercise, mm. you know, scale's great, but if you don't know what impact you're having on an, an individual in solving a really, you know, that complex issue that you're trying to support, yeah. um, there's no point doing it. So I'd, I'd always recommend particularly sporting organizations that will be new at this invest in your evaluation and your research plan before you jump in. Now, we, we do that through a range of ways. I touched on our in-house PhD. So we have our community programs manager is a long-term educator. She's very experienced, but she's doing Katie? a PhD. Yeah, yeah. Katie Bell yeah, doing a PhD on STEM footy. Yeah, um, really, well, yeah I went to um, uni with Katie, so I know Katie very well. In the, yeah, yeah, she's a gun. We're, very, we're very, lucky to have her. And yeah. they... So that that she's developing research in parallel with the delivery. So you know she's got three to five thousand kids that are testing, and we're knowing how STEM footy supports their academic achievement, but also yeah. their motivation to pursue STEM learning. Yeah, brilliant. That's really powerful, and that helps us grow because that's the narrative we use to you know ultimately partner up with other organisations mm. with a with a strong passion for supporting education. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing we, we have research plans, open parachute. Pleasingly, we just um, were able to connect them to University of South Australia. So they've got a few PhD students about to launch into some yeah. work, understanding how not only how does that program build resilience of a student, how does it support a teacher in um, exploring mental health concepts? Because we know most educators, they'll be teacher trained. Wellbeing isn't in their development. So... Mm -hmm giving them a toolkit to be able to explore mental health in the classroom on a regular basis, that's that's a huge opportunity. So we want to know how does the program give them a level of confidence and comfort to do that safely? 
Um, and then the parent as well, you know, how, mm. how can we can support a parent to have positive conversations with, with their children around this issue? So it's, it's full 360, you know, review, understanding what, you know, what do we want to measure and then building that out. So the other thing that we've done is we've engaged Ernst & Young to deliver our social and economic impact report annually. So that's about to launch and um, it's brilliant just having those like that skill set, a big force supporting what you do mm. and keeping you accountable to collate the, the right data and insights that they can then go and look at, all right, how does this, how does our employment program benchmark against, you know, other programs or the, the national averages around Indigenous employment? And the insight mm. is phenomenal. Not only does it give you a great narrative um, to go and find f- future partnerships and investments, keeps you accountable to continually improve. So mm. the insight more than anything, you know, we'll, we'll restructure our programs because the data will tell us to do it. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. it's a great question, Ash, and, and something I think we all need to, you know, invest more time in is understanding mm. the results that we're getting on the ground. And, and it takes a little bit of, it's a bit of that, you know, you've got to give before you take. Mm. But once you start to see the results of those evaluation flow in, it's, it's, a, yeah. stru- it's a really um, useful tool. Yeah, absolutely. And they're not always easy to get done. Like it can be uh, costly sometimes or it, it um, but it, it's quite important because I, I remember like talking about UniSA, I've done a, a couple of evaluations or research projects with them, um, specifically on growing with gratitude. And as you mm. said, best feed, or the best feedback that I've got is what you can do to improve, particularly around um, what like the students, like what they enjoyed, what they thought could be done better. And they, they're the almost honest people and they're the, um, particularly for what I was doing specifically, that that was really helpful because you're able to take what they they said and then apply it and put action or put it into action, and that's when you keep evolving. Yeah, and I'm, I'm we're not at this stage yet, but we've touched it on player opportunities, and mm. I want to I want to be able to measure the impact of a player led yeah. program versus a non player led to understand what's the value yeah. of these really these yeah. professional player role models because every mm. sport has them. Yep. and you know arming them with the right service to go out and talk mm. to and advocate for or the right social issue to advocate for that can be extremely powerful mm. i remember um looking at i'm quite interested in sustainability and they you know you look in the us there's a small percentage of the population that follow science a very large percentage of the population follow sport and professional mm. sport so if you have a lebron james talking about climate issues it's going to get significant cut through to a big yeah. audience it's just ensuring that players one it's it's passion led that they're invested in it and they're talking to the right issues and i think that's a definitely an opportunity for us as we grow through our, our strategy mm. absolutely and you touched, just touched on like someone like lebron james so what have you seen from overseas like obviously um professional sport particularly in the US and Europe, there's some huge money, some huge clubs, um, probably a lot much bigger than ones that we have in Australia. Um, what, what have you seen that they do in their community programs to engage with young, particularly young people or community in general? Yeah, I mean, it's it's they do, there's some great initiatives. There, there's a significant amount, particularly the uh, the NFL and the, the NBAs. They run, they, they have their own similar structure to us in that, as the national sporting body, they'll have their own charities as well. And a lot of them are pretty geared to similar areas of focus to us where they'll be very much focused on youth services or um, 
environment's a big deal, particularly through the NBA. They have NBA green. Now, one thing they do really well is they use the player role models to advocate for the, the work that they're doing. Um, and they have a strong connection with those players. Now, they, they have a huge audience, um, significant uh, global audience as well, but they do a really good job of aligning to, if you're going to send a player out there or have them advocate for something, ensure that it's on mission and it's linked to a really meaningful cause. And that's sort of what we're doing. I mean, we 10 years ago, we would do the, the visits and we'd, we'd visit hospitals and that, that gets a fair amount of impact, but we've probably moved through our Crows Care service. Like, how can we support local charities that are already doing really powerful, yeah. exciting work? And if we lend them a player or our playing group and go and back it, what does that do for that? Does it amplify it? Does it make more people aware of that service and opportunity? Does it enable them to raise more money so they can put it straight back into this brilliant program that they have? So we're very we're thinking, you know, the player opportunity, how can we be really strategic around that and leverage it as much as possible? Mm, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's one that, as I said before, I just think it's, and I'd love to see that research project, as you said, like having player-led sort of initiative like compared to even just if it's just a club or up against normal, I don't know, I don't know what I was going to say, normal community, that's not the right terminology, but just a mainstream community. So I, I think we know that I, I personally, I reckon I could predict what the results will be, but to see the actual research would be um, yeah. amazing. And I guess it's a bit of a tricky one as well, like with role models, like I feel that if you think about the LA Crows, there's a lot of fantastic role models. How do, you, how do you be careful with that player who's got a bit of a reputation of being maybe a little bit of a, a rascal out in the community's eye? How, how, does, how does that work? Oh, look, we, we sort of provide – every year we kind of induct the players on what programs we run, what's mm. required in, in terms of their delivery. So they've got a lot of clarity. But our playing group, I mean, I haven't experienced that. We, we, they're purpose-led. They lead from the front and it, it makes it very easy to, to engage them in services like we run. Um, mm. One thing I've always thought, though, I think the charitable services and the community appearances, I think that's a great development tool for a young player. Even an mm. employee who walks into our administration, every employee has a, has a volunteer day and we yep. try to support them to do that with our foundation. And it's developing someone, I think. It's making it feel like we're more than just a, a sporting yeah. club or it's more than a workplace where actually you can feel how the club gives back and the impact. Mm -hmm. I'm lucky because I get to see it every day. Yeah, but for the you know, the new starter in finance or marketing to be able to do that within the first three to six months of their employment and actually be on the ground delivering positive impact, that has, um, that has a big cut through on someone. And I think it leads to retention yeah. Um, definitely lifts our employee engagement. We've got great player and employee engagement here at the club. And I think it's it's partly to do with some of the, the work we do in and around our purpose pillar. Mm, yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's a really good point, actually. I, I, just thinking back a long time ago now, like if I'm an 18, 19-year-old and been exposed to give me the opportunity to, I guess, do good. Because sometimes people have that intention of doing good, but oh, where do I start? How do I do it? But just being in that environment where it promotes it and gives you the opportunity, such a such a powerful thing as well. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I I, I talk about my story. Why why I do the career I do is got something to do with an experience I had a long time ago as a child. It's um, hmm. so you naturally you, you learn a lesson to kind of want to give back. 
So mm. I think our players, particularly the ones to three that come into this organisation for the first time, they come into prof- professional sport for the first time, they've just been at a community club. Mm. So they, you know, they fit in beautifully and they'll yeah. be on That's the Auskick clinic on day one, giving yeah. back, instructing yeah. the young participants. Like, it's mm. incredible to watch. And the same thing happened with AFLW. You know, yeah. a lot of our, almost all of our playing list in the last eight to 10 years ago, they were all on amateur teams. Mm. So they are naturally, you know, front yeah. well ahead of the, um, the curve when it comes to giving back because they, they understand that they, it, it's mm. kind of not that far from, not that distant from when they used to do it in that amateur set, amateur setting. Yeah. Um, so naturally yeah, they, you know, they're so good at that work. I think you can see that as well. Like they're so passionate about the way they talk, like through the media yeah. channels and you, you just, you can just tell that they're so appreciative of the opportunity they've got and they want to give back and give those same, particularly the female, the female participants, the opportunity that um, they've had as well. So no, I definitely can see that. But you, you mentioned about your story. Are you able to share your story about what you said when you were a young person about what you're doing now? Oh, yeah. So I might have touched on it a bit. I, I think I was just very self-aware as a kid. So I'd, I'd often think, oh, the, the, I look back at it now and a lot of the probably traits that I have or the values that I live mm-hmm. by, they were developed through sport and mm-hmm. through engaging in sporting settings. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think I'd be doing anything like I do now without that experience. So it's it's very um, and I have friends that probably were less engaged and you know probably didn't take the right steps to develop themselves personally and professionally. Mm. Um, but yeah, like it, it that that's sort of my view is that I feel like sport is a is a very powerful tool if used right and it develops a young person in really you know meaningful ways and if we can ensure that more children and youth have access to the sport and particularly mm-hmm. our footy club that's going to give them the best chance to develop and and move on to well really empower them to reach their full potential and that's what our missions developed around yeah absolutely no it's great man. It's, it's um yeah I, I, having have we've had a few conversations and you can just tell your passion just comes through straight away in this, the community and foundation space so that's awesome um i just got a couple more things when um coming up in i'm not sure when it starts but the crows are actually going to move their home base from west lakes where it's been for ever to a location in theberton which is i guess a bit more towards the city in south of adelaide is there plans to build like uh i guess purpose buildings or classrooms in in the community well-being space Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a <clears throat> been a very strong focus of our business case since day mm-hmm. one. Yep. So, you know, it's infrastructure is really powerful. I touched on my experience with state government in the past and, um, you know, a facility can really activate a hub of social good, um, mm-hmm. particularly the rec- sport and recreation venues. And we want that to happen here. So it'll be a high performance facility. We want to have the biggest and best infrastructure to support our our two our male and female football program, but it's the the intersection with the community that's really mm. important and well thought out. So one, we're moving to a a local government area we haven't had a footprint in before, highly multicultural. Um, there's a huge opportunity to engage that market, and we're we're thinking about how we do that. And mm. and ultimately, you know, my aspiration for that venue is that it becomes a community hub. Mm. And in and around the high performance components, we have people using the facility for 
health, well-being, education, day in, day out, year round. Mm. So we are we are scoping in education facilities. So we think it can centralise a lot of our services in the foundation, whether it be STEM or our employment program, Coor Circles. But also two two playing surfaces is helpful because mm. we can we can get kids outside actively moving, engaging with the game, and that's powerful as well. And from from a health standpoint. Um, so, look, we're going to have lots of potential to sweat those assets outside of the core use for football. There's going to be plenty of opportunities for the community to come, experience it, engage, spend time with our playing group, see what they do, but also like um, have the access to learn and play on our site, um, ultimately yeah. to return some of the benefits that our services are built on. Mm, absolutely. I guess um, if you think about St Kilda, they, they built the Danny Foley Centre at Moorabbin um, in Melbourne. Have, have you seen or model, try and model anything off that or? Yeah, absolutely. There, I mean, there's great examples that that is a brilliant one. Uh, yeah. We would look to, we want to have a space where we can like a very innovative STEM learning hub. Mm. So we think that's going to be powerful to really take our employment and education programs to the next level. We also think that the, the children that we service across the lands and through the far west coast should be able to come to Adelaide and experience that. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we the, the opportunity to centralise our services, I touched on, we service over 20,000 children a year. Mm. Um, the ability to bring a child in and in a safe environment and amplify their learning or development experience, that, that is a huge opportunity for us. And you don't get the opportunity to redevelop a facility at this scale Ever. Nah, it was it yeah, was exciting when I was looking at the role. I, I was very excited about that potential and how we leverage it. So yeah, absolutely, we're we're keen to have that, and we do. We look across the industry. We've looked overseas. You know, the 49ers haven't uh, the had this um, learning hub that's quite impressive. We think there's potential to maybe scope off the back of that and mm. and take some of their learnings, but also ensure that we craft it with our own kind of focus in mind as well. Mm. Um, yeah. But the AFL, this is there's, there's many clubs. A lot of them have been developed recently, so there's a lot of really good case studies out there. Yeah, for sure. And the beauty is that's the greater great thing about the competitive landscape of AFL is every every club has a different mission in community, and yeah. that's great because what it means is that that you know our services touch a wider reaching audience, yeah. and we achieve impact in different ways, which I think yeah. is critical. Absolutely. And, and yeah, you said it there, what an opportunity because these opportunities don't come around very often where you're actually like building a whole new facility. Like this won't happen again for, I don't know, a long time. It's, um, no. and, and I guess you can like really tailor it to those programs that you're doing in, um, or could see coming in in the future as well. And hopefully you get a, uh, play a big role in uh, putting that together, mate, as well. Let's, yeah, um, yeah, we're excited about it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a fantastic facility. When does it actually start? Still working through it. I mean, there's well, the detail in the planning. I mean, we've been planning this for months and months. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pleasingly um, secured a lease opportunity recently. So that that's kind of the first phase. Yeah. And looking to, um, to sort of get that final planning documentation done so we can start to really move it forward. No, absolutely. Mate, um, this has been a fantastic conversation. Where, where can... If it's a teacher or somebody particularly in education or out in the community who'd be interested in um, finding out a bit more about one of the pros programs, STEM or the 
resilience program in schools? Where, where would people go to find out more? The best place would be Crows Foundation website. Yep. Um, so it's crowsfoundation.com.au. Now, on that page, you can there's opportunities to request anything. Um, so that's all very clear and structured. But I think um, I think that would be how I'd recommend. And to even if you're an educator or um, a, a child looking to find out more about our services, that's the place to go and put in that inquiry. And we'll, one of our members of our team will get back to you really quick around what exists and, and how we can sort of continue the conversation. Mm. So that that's the best way. But um, otherwise, just the, the footy club in general, just contact the footy club and that'll get relayed into us and we'll be able to help people out. Brilliant, mate. And I really appreciate your time today. And the, the conversation has been brilliant and I love the mission that and the purpose that yourself and also the, the club uh, have within the community. Obviously, not it's a football club, first and foremost, but the impact that the club can have and individuals can have as well is, is amazing. And you're using the platform in a really, really good way. So well done on that, mate. And um, thank you very much for your time today. Thanks for having me, Ash. Great to catch up.